Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. And I am so delighted to have with me Kit Cummings. Kit is an author, teacher, and peace activist. He spreads his energy-filled message of power, potential, and positive change to schools, prisons, churches, and corporations through life-changing keynotes, workshops, and seminars. Kit is the founder and president of Power of Peace Project, Inc., a registered nonprofit committed to redirecting at-risk youth, rehabilitating young inmates, and inspiring young people to discover and develop their untapped power and potential. He has spoken to tens of thousands of people all over the world, and he is now reaching out with his new book, Peace Behind the Wire, a nonviolent resolution. Kit, I am really honored to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Miriam. I'm just honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Kit, it's wonderful to see what I would call consciousness in action. What inspired the Power of Peace Project? Well, it, uh, it was an idea that became an experiment which led to a program and has evolved into a movement, and I've been trying to keep up with it, and it's taken me to places uh, that I never dreamed I would be. Uh, a number of years ago in my speaking, uh, whether it be motivational or corporate or training different places and in churches, um, I started saying, I'll go wherever I'm invited. Just invite me and I'll come. And that was my energy. That was my prayer. Just invite me. And um, I started getting invited. And I was in Philadelphia and I was speaking at a large nonprofit conference. And they, after my speech, they put up a picture of Dr. King and I was just very inspired. I was very present. I was very alert and aware. And I saw his picture and I just had a thought. And I'd been serving, just doing volunteer work in uh, maximum security prison in Georgia. And I took an idea in there and it just led to this movement. And it was a peace pledge that some inmates signed during a gang war, during a very intense time in that prison. And uh, it was in honor of Dr. King. And it has morphed into four books and gotten me to prisons all over the world. Now I'm taking it into schools because it's just become so powerful. Well, I hate to say, but uh, certainly the violence in schools has been escalating. And it's clear that some kind of intervention and education of this kind is needed. What has been your reception in the schools? These kids are fascinated. Um, that was an unintended consequence, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, it worked so well in this prison, and that prison where uh, literally it was the most dangerous, violent prison in the state of Georgia, they won Institution of the Year that year. Now, there was a number of factors that led to that, but a big part of it was this Power Peace Project. And because we got leaders, gang leaders, to come together and start to use their influence for peace because they decided they were tired of the way they were living. It was just, it was, who wants to live like that? Nobody wants to do hard time. So I started getting invited to prisons where there was gang violence, and I started, you know, carving this thing out, putting it together. Well, 
I started getting invited to schools. And when I started speaking of this into the schools, kids that would never listen, I had principals that would say, listen, uh, kid, <laughs> they're not going to listen to you. They're going to probably heckle you. I, we're sorry. We'll do the best we can, but please don't be offended. And I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. Just give me a mic. And I started telling these stories about these convicts turned peacemakers. And I'm telling you, you could have heard a pin drop. I'm talking assemblies of 2,000 students. And then they're cheering and they're laughing. They're responding. And it was amazing because they're already watching it on their video games. They're listening to it on their music. They're watching it in their movies. They're speaking about it. There's this hip-hop gangster culture. And so real live gangsters becoming peacemakers spoke to them. And we started creating peace movements in schools and we turned bullies into peacemakers and the same thing started happening in the schools. Wow. Well, I, I think one of the factors must be that you are actually showing them viable alternatives. That is true. And this is what I, uh, my conviction was as I studied Dr. King, I've been following him. I was born the year that he got the, the Nobel Peace Prize and I grew up in the South and in Atlanta and the civil rights movement, the heart is here. And, um, and I've been, you know, studying great peace champions. And I just came to believe what I know is true now that universal laws and principles are what they are. It doesn't matter if you believe in them or not. I mean, somebody tells me they don't believe in gravity. I'll say, okay, well, <laughs> good luck with that, you know, but it just is what it is. And I think these universal laws and principles, um, what you put out into the universe, you get back. And how you treat people is the way that you're going to be treated. And if you want respect, give respect. If you want love, give love. If you want somebody to trust you, trust them. And these things work anywhere and everywhere. It's not a white or a black thing. It's not a Christian and Muslim thing. It's not a rich inner city or down in, you know, in the, in the suburbs or down in the hood. It's just a human reality that there, everybody yearns for peace and usually violence springs from fear. And so if we can speak to that and find the God in them, uh, you'd be amazed what can be accomplished. And you know that in your work. My heart is just swelling with gratitude for you. <laughs> oh. Because this is so needed. Uh, I've had a, a few other people on my show, um, people like um, John Hope Bryant, who has been going in uh, around the hoods and, and mm -hmm. inner cities and um, teaching much, much what you're discussing, mm -hmm. but also giving them some tools for um, creating an alternative lifestyle. Because, you know, if, if your um, neighborhood only offers drug dealing mm -hmm. or a sports star or pop star as alternative occupations, what do you do? How do you, when you talk to these kids, how do you instill in their minds the hope of being able to create for themselves viable alternatives to crime and, and violence? A great question. And, um, and there are so many people out there and a lot of whom are, are known and, and a lot that maybe never will be that are champions of peace and that are, are teaching nonviolence maybe just by their lives. And, um, and that inspires me. But these kids, you know, um, the principles that worked in the toughest places, and I, I just assumed, I said, if it can work in the toughest environments, I mean, down bringing gangs together, not just in the prisons, but down in the streets, some violent places, and I've seen some amazing things. 
um, these kids, if, if they're giving, if they're given the, the knowledge and they're given the vision, um, they will, they will respond. People will typically live up to or down to the way that you see them because a lot of the, the, the young men and women in the schools or, you know, the, the, whether it be addiction, crime, violence, abuse, um, if you, if you look at them in a certain way, um, they, they know it, you know it. If someone looks up to you, you rise up. If people look down on you, you, you're down in their presence. And, um, these kids just want to be seen. They want to be felt and they want to be heard. And we've got a generation that, you know, this is in their lingo. They're like, you know, I see you. I see you. That means that I recognize you. I see your presence. You, you're, you're there. You're real, you know, and they say, I, I feel you, man. Or are you feel me? You feel me? That's basically saying, man, feel what I feel. Connect with me. And that's compassion, right? Mm. Empathy. And then they say, I got you. You know, I got your back. And, and these are things, if you break them down, I see you, I feel you, I've got you. These kids will climb mountains. These kids will become, if they, if somebody will see them and invest in them, we know that's the key. That there are so many programs that work, but it is getting involved in these kids' lives and seeing them the way they could be instead of looking down and saying, oh, man, it's a lost cause. You know, why they dress like that? Why they talk like that? Why do they listen to that stuff? And we've got an older generation that doesn't know how to connect with them. Absolutely, because we, we've not had exposure across the communities um, or uh, across the cultural divides. Mm-hmm. Um, it really speaks very deeply for some, I don't know, opening for people to be able to come together within communities. Tell me about your, your book, Peace Behind the Wire. What was the, the process of writing it? What was your biggest challenge? Well, I, I wrote my first book in 2010, 2009, then published in 2010. That was my first effort. I've been speaking for, you know, 25 years in one way or another. And, you know, I love communication. I love, you know, great oratory, you know, and, and, uh, and then I started to, you know, blog a little bit, write a little bit. And I decided, man, I got to tell this story. And my story comes from personal loss and not any better, or worse. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a normal guy, but I, I've gone through some things like our listeners have. And I went through a dark time and I lost a lot of stuff, made some bad decisions, some bad choices. And so my first book was Unshackled. And then the, the subtitle was Diary of a Prodigal Son. And it was my story of the drunken fallen preacher that lost everything and came back through this unlikely cast of characters, these inmates and these young gangsters that gave me my, my passion back. And so over the last five years, and I've been developing this Power Peace Project program, it's a series of 40-day projects. 40 days of peace, 40 days of freedom, 40 days of power. And 40 days is long enough to establish new habits, but it doesn't overwhelm, you know, participants. It's like, give me 40 days. And the last five years have taken me to prisons in South Africa, Ukraine, and down into the heart of Mexico, and over into Honduras, and all over the, the country into these fascinating places that the world doesn't typically see. And also going into mosques and going into ashrams and going into temples and going into cathedrals and, and synagogues. I mean, sweat lodge. I mean, I've, I've gone wherever I'm invited and that's taken me into these beautiful cultures and, and faith traditions that I did not 
appreciate or honor when I was in this religious box that I was in for a long time. Um, and so once I got out and started experiencing other things, I mean, it became this book that had to be written. It was, it was being birthed <laughs> inside of me. So I began to write and, uh, I released it, um, August the 8th and, um, eight, eight <laughs> for a reason. And, um, it's, I'm, it's getting very good reviews. It's a fascinating read, but it also tells why the Power of Peace Project is being affected because, uh, effective because it is a very, um, you know, it's become a very, uh, specific process it's just um overwhelmingly fascinating your your story i uh we're we're just coming up to a break so i don't want to uh, start a new <laughs> subject but tell me what the website is powerofpeaceproject.com or you can get there through teenpeace.net prisonpeace.com. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to get to it, but anybody just powerofpeaceproject.com uh, or Google it and you can you can find us. Great. I, I invite people to go to it because I noticed that you had an internship program on it as well. Mm-hmm. We are speaking with Kit Cummings about Peace Behind the Wire and the Power of Peace Project. Stay with us and we'll be right back. The best of the holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Join Elliot Jolish, the business therapist, each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Elliot Jolish Hour as he interviews business experts on your behalf. And you're invited to email your business questions to questions at ecjgroup.com for answers live on air every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Elliot Jolish Hour. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Are you ready to shift your energy, consciousness, and limiting beliefs? Join me, Shafali Burns, every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Shifting with Shafali here on Ohm Times Radio. Shift the blocks, limitations, and negative energies that have kept you from experiencing a life filled with joy, peace, love, abundance, and happiness. Are you ready to shift with Shafali? Are you ready to shine your brilliance? Connecting you with the best of the conscious minds in the world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Back with Kit Cummings, author of Peace Behind the Wire and the driving force behind the Power of Peace Project, a.k.a. POP. Kit, what was your most fascinating POP adventure as it has taken you around the world? Oh, wow. 
Gosh, there's been a number of them. I, I would say, oh man, um, Honduran prisons were were just. I always use the word fascinating because uh, if I if I keep my my the, my ability of wonder and fascination and curiosity, it's amazing <laughs> what you can see. Um, but uh, Honduras and U- Ukraine were the last couple of years. But I, I made a trip to South Africa um, a few years ago to really the second time I'd been there. I was there in '95 and then again a couple of years ago, and it was night and day the way it was after Mr. Mandela had just been elected and won the the Peace Prize um, with the clerk, and then. And all these years later, to go back and see what it had become, that was a fascinating journey. But I was able to get into a a big prison down there called Westville, which is a prison uh, built for 7,000 people, and it houses 11,000 inmates. And a very intense place. And I just, it was a series of open doors. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a contact. I didn't have any connections. I just, I, I talked my way in. And I got to connect with these amazing, they happen to be mainly Zulu inmates. But the amazing part and that I, that I didn't even expect is I was down there for the Gandhi Global Peace Summit that they have every six years and uh, global peacemakers from around the world. They come together and they discuss the Uganda genocide or what's going on in the, you know, in parts of back then it was the Egyptian spring and, um, you know, just these are heroes of peace uh, gandhi's granddaughter ila gandhi and and dr bernard lafayette who was dr king's right hand um, when he was assassinated they lead it and i just went down there to sit in the back and listen <laughs> so i traveled to south africa well the word got out that i'd gone to a prison and preached about kingian and gandhi and nonviolence principles and they brought me up and they gave me a microphone and i got to speak at this conference to these heroes of mine and it was a it was a magical moment that um, I couldn't have planned couldn't have orchestrated it was just the universe brought together everything I needed to be able to get, present this message to people that that I you know was just honored to be in front of you know with the news focusing on violence and negativity it is just so uplifting to hear your story and and about things like this um, conference of peacemakers from around the world. I mean, there is this whole alternative culture of goodness and activism and people trying to help the world that we just don't hear about. You're right. You're absolutely right, and and that needs to change. Um, I you know when we see the things that happen um, up in your part of the. Uh, the country over the past, you know, couple of weeks. Um, you know, it makes the news for a few days and it's, it's horrific. And, and then the country moves on and, and what's the next thing? And it's um, developed this appetite for drama and an addiction. I think it's an addiction to drama and uh, it sells. If it bleeds, it leads. And there is a revival. And I say that in the non-religious. I mean, that word's got a lot of baggage attached to it. But there's an awakening um, and a, a revival, a new spirit that I believe is starting to spread that you don't you, you you're not hearing as much as as we need to. But I guarantee you it's starting to, to get out. Um, I'm involved with a project right now that Oprah Winfrey is doing. It's, it's going to be aired for seven nights in a row uh, beginning October the 18th. And um, it's about belief around the world. And um, it's going to be so inspiring to watch. But it does talk about how Christian, Muslim, Jew, Buddhist, Hindu, humanism, you know, atheism, uh, 
Native American spiritualism and just cross-cultural faith communities, believers around the world are doing amazing things that nobody sees. And she's put together this amazing seven-night event that's going to show the world that there, there really is amazing. People are waking up. And I think that there's a lot of people that have had enough. I mean, light drives out the darkness every single time. And love overcomes hate every time. We just have to change. Mm. <laughs> we just have to wake people up, give them the, not just fluffy good news. This is the reason this is compelling. And I think, you know, why we're talking today is this is not just some good news. It's light in darkness. I mean, it is hope in despair. It is peace in crazy, dangerous violence. And that is powerful because light shines brightest in the darkness. And that's what I believe peace behind the wire is all about. Wow. Wow. So is that going to be on the own channel? It is. And, um, I, Oprah and her team have, have done an amazing job of trying to find faith leaders and communities all around the country and beyond, uh, that would get behind this. And so for several months, there's been conference calls and there's been collaborative efforts and, and, uh, there's going to be watching parties and there's going to be all these cool things and it will be on the own channel. And, um, if you've seen planet earth, which is that visually, I mean, you know, the planet earth series is just, it's like that, but it's about social change and, um, and peace around the world. So, I'm having um, Reverend, Reverend Carolyn Wilkins, who works with the Agape Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. She's going to be one of the guests on my show. I have a Monday night uh, show, 8 p.m. live on uh, Voice America World Talk Radio. And but anyway, she's going to be one of the guests this coming week. And we're going to talk a lot about this uh, Oprah Belief series. That's exciting. She mm-hmm. is such a light worker. <laughs> she is. As are you. Tell me what your vision is for pop going forward. Gosh, I just see it that it's a peace movement for a young generation that's never seen one. Um, you know, think about it. Our, our kids, if they're 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, they've never known a time in their lives where there wasn't war. They've never experienced life without a, a, a cell phone, video games, you know, social media. Um, they've grown up with the media that you and I were just talking about. I mean, they're, they've never had in the sixties, there were civil rights and then there was free love and anti-war and the women's rights and the voters rights and all these movements. It was an activism time, you know, in our country. And then things started getting kind of weird in the late seventies and very me, me, me and money, you know, the economy in the eighties and nineties was, you know, this new young generation of millennials, you know, being born. And, and then the technological boom after 2000 has put us where we are today. Everybody is little rock stars on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Snapchat. <laughs> And especially our kids, they've never thought about it, that they could change the world. I mean, they have the technology. They have the brilliance. They have the energy. Uh, movements are always fueled by young people. They need wisdom and elders over them and mentors and role models. But young people change the world. And this generation is poised to change the world because they can make peace go viral. We couldn't do that. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, we didn't have the technology. We just had to do grassroots. This young generation, they can change it all. And I believe that 
our generation needs to start believing that and calling them to do it. Power Peace Project is it's got teeth. They love it. I mean, our our anthem is "Hope is the new dope," and we get them yelling <laughs> that at the rallies, and they're like, "Hope is the new dope." I mean, they love that. So I mean, it's it's I am the power of peace, and they use social media and, and their their little smartphone videos to create anti-bullying campaigns in their schools. I mean, that's my vision is just a movement that just explodes and becomes bigger than me. And then people, it's, it's power peace. And then, oh yeah, who's kid? Oh yeah, they're there. But power peace is this, you know, movement for young people. Mm. What do you think are the qualities that an effective mentor to this younger generation needs to, um, reach them, reach through the, the static? Man, great question. Um, you're very good at what you do, Miriam. I'm <laughs> impressed with you. <laughs> I just want to throw it out there. Um, I think people know when you're authentic. I mean, the inmates know that. They can, they've got great antennas. They can smell, you know, um, BS. Um, they know it when they hear it, see it. So do we. And these kids, they know. They know if you care. They know if you're authentic, if you're for real. You don't have to talk their language. You don't have to start saying, well, yo, what's up, dog? And you're 50. You know, it's kind of goofy. Um, but you can connect with them and, and they can, I think authenticity, compassion, you know, you've got to, we've got to transfer our belief. We cannot sell them, talk at them. All many people are doing is telling them what they can't do. You can't go here. You can't say this. You can't watch this. You can't listen to this. You can't hang out with that. You can't put this in your body. And so their whole world with young, uh, with older generation is don't tell me what I can't do. I'm not trying to hear you anymore. And so it becomes wah, wah, wah. And we've got to start telling them what they can do, what they will do, what they could do and be. And they will listen. Because we're all built with something inside that wants to do something great. We need to. So that's what I think a mentor does. Do you think that um, pop will continue in its present form or do you think it'll morph? (laughs) It's got to morph. I mean, movements morph. Um, I thought I was just going to be, go be helping, you know, some convicts in this one prison and then others started calling. And then I thought it was just going to be a prison peace movement, which it is. And then the school started calling. And then I thought it was going to be a, you know, um, yeah, just a kid's peace movement, just, just high school. And now all of a sudden middle schoolers start calling and, and it just, it keeps on going. Now it's got to go to Baltimore. You know, went to Ferguson, you know, went right in the middle of Ferguson. Wow. I got it. Baltimore is experiencing this murder rate that we got to go there. And then who knows where it's next? I'm going back to Ukraine in the spring. And, um, I, yeah, I think it's going to keep morphing. I just try to keep up. Kit, Kit Cummings, I am just so overwhelmingly impressed with your vision and your, your passion and the way you've been able to translate that into a movement that is really making change on the ground. So, uh, again, what, I- what are the websites that people should go to? Uh, powerofpeaceproject.com or Teen Peace. Just think of teenage peacemakers. So teenpeace.net. Or if you remember, hope is the new dope. <laughs> Just go to hopeisthenewdope.com and go get peace behind the wire. Oh, go get Mark peace Denoble. behind the wire. Kit's, <laughs> Kit's book, Kit Cummings. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Today. You're awesome. 
And do join us next week. And in the meantime, visit my website, New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com. I'm Miriam Knight, wishing you love and light and everything good in your life. Goodbye. Goodbye.